We meet today in Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 8. We're going to talk about the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys, the apple tree in the wood, the banqueting house, the banner of love, lovesick, the voice of the beloved. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Song of Songs 2, verse 1. We begin with that statement, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. It is a statement that none of the sons of men could be making. I believe these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, not the words of the bride. These words describe Jesus Christ. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew 11 verse 29. If you put a statement like that on my lips, or your lips, or the lips of a great angel, Gabriel, it would not be humility at all. It would actually be pride. It is true humility from the lips of Jesus Christ, because he stooped in order that he might become meek and lowly. He came down from heaven's glory, and anything beneath heaven is humility on his part. So here he says, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. These are the two very interesting flowers. I suppose that among all the flowers, the rose has always been, especially in the east, the one that tops the list. And the rose of Sharon is an unusually beautiful flower. The valley of Sharon is that coast valley that goes all the way from Joppa up to Haifa. It is beautiful at any season of the year. It is a valley where you can see a great many flowers. The rose grows in profusion in that valley. It is the very beautiful flower that speaks of him. Now here is something quite interesting. When Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. In John chapter 6 verse 35, he was saying that he is something that is necessary. Bread is the stuff of life. We need it to keep us going. It is necessary for life. He is that food to the perishing sinner. And thousands have reached up a dying hand, a feeble hand, in faith and have taken the bread. They have eaten and they have lived. Jesus also said, I am the true vine. John 15 verse 1. As the true vine, he gives the glorious, wonderful joy of the Lord. The scriptures say, give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Proverbs 31 verse 6. You see, Jesus Christ gives joy, not the alcoholic beverage, but the real joy of the Lord. However, when he says that he is the rose of Sharon, he is presenting himself not as a necessity, but as an object of pure admiration and delight to the children of men. What a wonderful human being he was. We need to behold him and let him occupy our thoughts. He is the one of truth and honesty and purity and beauty upon whom we are to think. As he walked along with his disciples through the fields, he said, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. 
Matthew 6 verse 28. I would like to think he would say to you and me today, consider the rose of Sharon instead of consider the lilies. In other words, consider him. We find this same invitation in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Therefore, consider the rose of Sharon. Consider Jesus. The lily of the valleys. He says, I am the lily of the valleys. This may be a reference to the valley of Estralon. This valley has beautiful flowers in it too. Actually, there is a profusion of flowers in all the valleys along the coast south of Joppa, in the Jordan Valley, around the Sea of Galilee. What is the lily of the valleys? Song of Songs 2 verse 2 As the lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Christ is the lily of the valley. He is pure. He is lovely. He is beautiful. Therefore, his bride is a lily also, because she bears the image of his loveliness and reflects it to men. This is what the church is to do today, my friend. We are to reveal to a world that is filled with thorns, briars, and thistles the beauty of Christ. But that beauty of Christ can only be revealed when we are gazing upon his beauty, gazing upon his loveliness, so that his loveliness will begin to reflect from us. We also talk of the apple tree in the hood. Now the bride speaks of her beloved using the trees of the hoods in her comparison. Song of Songs 2 verse 3 As the apple tree among the trees of the hoods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. The apple tree among the trees of hood is a picture of Christ Jesus. Now you may wonder what kind of tree she is talking about. Actually, apples are not grown in that land. I suppose they could be grown, but they would not be very good. The climate is not suitable for growing apples. The apple referred to here is actually a citron fruit, probably an orange tree. Now, there are citrus grooves in the valley of Sharon, which are said to produce the finest citrus fruits in the world. It has always grown there. Now, notice that she says, I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Now, it is talking here of an intimate relationship. The orange tree affords thick shades like the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Isaiah 32 verse 2. And a refreshing fruit is given there. Now Christ is like this wonderful tree in contrast to the fruitless trees of the hoods. You see, under the arms of Christ, what he feeds us, it is a sweet fruit. And sometimes you do know that the word understanding means that you are 
standing under someone or you are sitting and learning under the feet of someone. Only under Christ do we learn something that is sweet. You see, his fruit was sweet to my taste. We move on to the banqueting house. He brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. Song of Songs 2 verse 4. In this story, the story of the Shulamite girl whose heart was only won by a shepherd who later came as King Solomon to claim her and he took her back to the palace in Jerusalem. In this is the story of the Shulamite girl whose heart was won by the shepherd who later came as King Solomon to claim her and who took her back to the palace in Jerusalem. Now he takes her to the banqueting house. Let's go to the banqueting house. You see, in the banqueting house, we see there is a beautiful picture of the church, which will be the bride of Christ. It also reveals the personal relationship, which is possible between the Lord Jesus and each individual believer. He not only wants to come into a love relationship with us, but he takes us to the banqueting house. He brought me to the banqueting house. And the banqueting house here probably looks forward to that day of the final banquet, which is called the marriage supper of the Lamb. You and I as believers will be there by the grace of God. That is when full satisfaction will be made. But already, he has brought me to the table of salvation and he has brought me to the table of fellowship with him. He prepares the table before me, the table of the word of God, and he tells me to eat and be full. He brings me to a table of good things. How good and gracious Christ is. We can go back to the birth of the Lord Jesus and see that already, he has brought joy unspeakable to a group of people. They were the old Simeon and Anna back in the temple who were waiting for the consolation of Israel. They were waiting for him. They had great hope that he would come during their lifetime. One day Joseph and Mary brought that little boy Jesus into the temple. My, that day, the temple became a banqueting house for those two old people who had looked for the salvation of the Lord. No wonder, no wonder, even old Simeon would pray and say, God, now let your servant depart, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Even before that, God had brought Joseph and Mary to the banqueting house. When the angel announced to Mary that she would be the mother of the Savior, she realized that she, who was in the line of David, would be the one who would bear this child. Now notice what she said and what she says in her magnificent. He has filled the hungry with good things. Luke 1 verse 53. What is happening there? She is using exactly the same picture as we have in the Song of Solomon. He brought me to the banqueting house. What a picture we have here, friend. You can recall in chapter 1, verse 4, the girl's prayer was, Draw me. We will run after you. 
We cannot know the ecstasy of this experience until the Spirit of God gives us discernment and opens our eyes to behold Christ in his beauty and glory. Oh, my friend, let's not be satisfied with eating scraps or like the prodigal son getting down to eat with the pigs when God has prepared such a banqueting table for us. The banner of love. He brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. That banner is still floating over us today. The banner in that day had many meanings. Armies would carry banners when they went to war. And I think all the various meanings of the banners are included when she says his banner over me was love. The banner of an army is, for example, the banner of the Romans legions was an emblem of conquest. The son of God still goes forth to war. There is a battle today for the souls of men. And then the banner is also an emblem of protection. When the Lord Jesus came into this world, the father said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Matthew 3 verse 17. And the enemies of Jesus who do not touch him until his hour had come. So he was protected. When the time had come, they took him and crucified him. We will never understand how terrible that was. He cried out in that hour, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27 verse 46. You see, his enemies thought that since God had forsaken him, they would do as they pleased with him. They mocked him saying, He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will save him. For he said, I am the son of God. Matthew 27 verse 43. But God was still pleased with his son. He delighted in him and he raised him from the dead. He delivered him from death. And now the banner of salvation and protection is over all those who are his. Philippians 4 verse 7 tells us, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, he will protect you. The banner is also an emblem of enlistment. You can enlist as a soldier. By the way, his army is entirely a voluntary army. Romans chapter 12 verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. John 14 verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. What if you don't love him? Then forget it, my friend. This is a banner of enlistment on a voluntary basis. His banner over me was love. We move on to another topic that comes in in this chapter. Love sick. Song of Songs 2 verse 5. Sustain me with cakes of raisins. Refresh me with apples, for I am love sick. You see, the Holy Spirit of God has brought the saved soul into a personal relationship with Christ that is sustaining. And I repeat, my friend, God is satisfied with Jesus and what he did for you. Are you satisfied? 
Do you find joy and satisfaction and delight in the person of Christ? Spend time in the song of songs. His left hand is under my head and his right hand embrace me. Song of Songs 2 verse 6. Now his left hand is under my hand. Talks about the fact that he is able to save us to the utmost. His right hand embraces me. Also talks about his ability to keep us from temptation and to protect you and me down here while we are on the earth. So he can save us to the utmost. He can protect us and keep us from temptation. I charge you all daughters of Jerusalem by the gazellas or by the doors of the field. Do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Song of Songs 2 verse 7 What is it that will wake him up? What is it that would disturb him in his fellowship with you? Is it the sin and the waywardness in your life? Not only are we to be satisfied with Christ, but oh, that he might be satisfied with us as well. We have come now to the second song, and apparently Solomon has been away on a trip. The bride has been looking forward in great anticipation to his coming home. And we have a wonderful thing that we see the excitement of the bride as she looks forward to the coming of the bridegroom. We will find its final fulfillment, I believe, in the anticipation of the church for the return of Christ, to take the church out of this world. So let's listen to the voice of the beloved. Song of Songs 2, verse 8. The voice of my beloved. He comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. Now the voice of my beloved talking here about the Lord Jesus who said something here. He said his voice, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. John 10 verse 27 to 28. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes. This is amazing. Have you ever considered that at the rapture of the church, it is the voice of the Son of God that is to be heard? The church is made up of those who have heard about him. We have heard of his death and his burial and his resurrection. We have trusted him. We listen to him today. So when, you, when he comes, we are going to know his voice. And so Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. The sheep know who he is. When the Lord Jesus comes to take his church out of this world, the Lord himself, he will come personally, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16. Now, the shout, the voice, and the trumpet are all his voice. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes. That is the picture of the rapture given here. 
Now contrast this to the coming of the Lord Jesus to rule and to reign on this earth. Then it will not be the sound of a voice, but a tremendous sight of glory. The appeal is not to the ear as it is in the rapture. The appeal is to the eye when he comes to the earth. Matthew 24 verse 30. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. But at rapture, it will be the voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. Now, this is a poetic language, of course, but it is a song, and God is trying to speak to us through it. He is coming back, my friend. He is skipping upon the hills. He is leaping upon the mountains. I can't think of a more wonderful, more poetic picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in his return to the earth. And what a great anticipation. When he comes, will he found you on the right side? To be on the right side is to come into a relationship with him. He invites you into his banqueting table and his banner over you will be love. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.